you're, you are entering, we're already into the Christmas season, all right? I mean, thank, poor, poor, everybody say, poor old Thanksgiving. And, it, you know, I'm going to follow up from the altar call. It's Hallmark's fault. Poor old Thanksgiving. But everybody's already probably started buying gifts, thinking about gifts. You've certainly been solicited by the media to buy gifts. And so what God has been dealing with me about is the gift and the gift. And I've told the 915 group that, you know, God really, really, seriously, he, he is anxious to do things. And now that I have your attention, God wants to give you so big of a gift that you will not, not only will you not believe it, but you won't even receive it. Oh, yeah, I would, Okay, You don't know how bad it's been, man. I mean, I need some money. I mean, I just need God to do this in my life. I got so many. You, listen to me. Quit, quit, quit doing that. You, you, you are belittling God. Don't do that to him. Listen, listen. If you knew the, the size of the gift that God wants to give every one of you in here, not only would you not believe it, but you wouldn't receive it because you, you would think that you're dreaming. Now, in the second chapter of Acts, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm referring to. Verse 38, Peter is addressing a group of people that are accusing him and 119 other people of being drunk on wine. And it's morning. And I know you think, well, we got some wine on the Larnberg now. I mean, that ain't impossible. Listen, no. They are, they are so full of this gift because they, they, they received it. Okay, they're so, and a lot of you think you know what I'm going to say. You're wrong. So just stop it. But, but what Peter was about to tell them, they were mesmerized because 120 people were saying the same thing 120 different ways. They never could imagine that. And all of these people were very, very brilliant that were calling them in on this. And they were very skillful and prominent, and many of them extremely wealthy. And they began to accuse them of being drunk on wine. Then Peter said to them, because after he kind of let it loose and preached his first sermon being full of the Holy Ghost, this is he didn't deny like he did the last time he spoke publicly. But this time, he's a whole lot different, and it's all because of the gift. Verse 38 says this, Then Peter said to them, Repent. Because they said, What do we have to do? And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive, the, this, is, this is the the important part right here. You shall receive the gift of 
the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the real important part right here. I said the gift of the Holy Spirit, but verse 39 starts off by saying, for the promise. Now, we're going to stop before I read any more, and I want you to repeat these words after me three times. We're going to do it three times. The promise is a gift. The promise is a gift. The promise is a gift. Okay? You, let me read because it's going to happen. The promise is to you, to your children, and to all who are afar off. That means right here, right now. As many as the Lord our God will call. God started promising way back in Genesis. He made a promise to Abraham. Y'all familiar with that? He said, look up in the sky. Look here on the beach. As many stars, as many grains of sand as you see or can count, that's how many descendants. And you know what? They're still, <laughs> they're still descending. <laughs> still happening right now. And a lot of you might think that I'm kind of, I was stalling at the offering. Since I sat down, I haven't been stalling, not one second. I'm just trying my best to obey my God. Because when I get off this stool, I'm going to be off this stool. And I need to do what I need to do while I'm sitting on this stool. And so that's what I'm doing. God made a promise way back. Abraham, and I'm going to skip all the other promises, and I'm going to go to this promise, because God's promise is a gift, and it is so big that people never, ever could imagine it, and I want to tell you something. Many people have refused to receive this promise years ago, and some of you may have heard this. Well, back when I was in high school, I used to work at WKDX in Hamlet. I was a hypocrite. I mean, not on purpose, I wasn't. But, but we, we played country music during the week, gospel music on Sunday. I was a programming hypocrite. And I, what my, that's just the format the station had going on. A lot of people did that. But um, back during those days, I learned a lot about the Lord. And I learned a lot about Paul Harvey and the blank of the story, the rest of the story. And I, I learned to love Paul Harvey. And I got to hurry up because it's really not a whole lot relevant, but it is helping me go somewhere. And Paul Harvey, not during syndication when I was working, but back in the 50s, y'all, he talked about if he wanted to destroy the, the United States of America, 
he would do it from the inside. And I'm not going anywhere because a lot of you are more blue or red than you are blood red, okay? I got about two, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, people are Christian until we talk about the donkey and that elephant, buddy. Don't talk about them animals. I'm a diehard animal. Paul Harvey said, if I wanted to destroy and bring down it, and then what he started doing, he started explain, explaining socialism. It wasn't called socialism, and he didn't even know, well, maybe he did. And if you look, I believe you can pull it up on YouTube, but it will look like 2019 in the United States of America. And it will really look like it over the past 12 years, 14 years. It will really look like it. And since the day of Pentecost, Satan could not stop Jesus from dying on the cross and because he helped put him there through religious people. He could not stop him from arising from the dead because... He said he was going to do it. Destroy this temple in three days and I'll get up. And I, I, I really got to hurry, but God, God just wants me to do what I'm doing and I cannot apologize to you today. Or, or, so are you good with that? Okay. The devil's robbed people long enough. And so ever since the day of Pentecost, like the story of Paul Harvey, if and, and a lot of you, it's time to do it, man. I'm just through with it. I'm through with this. I got new sweatpants on, and they cling into my legs like Spider-Man. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to sit there no longer like that. I feel like I got high waters on, and these things are about nine inches too long, if you want to know the truth. Ever since the day of Pentecost, that Satan could not stop the cross. He could not stop the empty grave. He could not stop the day of Pentecost. So what did he do? He started. He says, I cannot stop any of that. So what I need to do is work on the inside. I need to work on the inside because if the church, this body, that's stronger, that's greater than I am or my kingdom, if they become recipients of this promise, this gift, then I'm going to get my tail beat and I'll never get anywhere on planet earth. Now, this is where it might get really offensive if you are in the flesh. And he is very successful at doing what he's done. He's told people in classrooms, in denominations, from pulpits, that the gift only lasted a certain amount. It was through the apostolic age. And I'm saying, uh, what, what's all that? I mean, he's, he's used everybody, influential people, from the inside, to sway people to put an, a good explanation on why the gift, the promise, is no longer available anymore. We don't need it. Oh, really? And so everybody has bought it, and they've manipulated Scripture. But I read you the 39th verse, didn't I, of the second chapter of Acts. And the 38th verse, this promise is to who? You all who are afar off. There's no stop sign. 
You want me to tell you when the gift, I'm going to tell you something. You may know this. You may not know it or you may not believe me. It don't matter. You know when the, the promise, the gift will no longer be available? When Jesus steps out and he calls his children home. Until then, it's in full operation, it's in full force, and it's so big of a gift. It's so big of a gift that Satan has used all of these places and people that I've named to keep people away from it because he can't stop you from passing out a gospel tract. He can't even stop you from feeling good about a shoebox. And we thank God for that. But if he can stop you from laying your hands on the sick and casting out demons, if he can stop you from laying your hands on somebody with stage 4 cancer, if he can stop you from discerning something bad about to happen or giving somebody a word of knowledge, if he can stop you with any of the gifts and graces that God has given in the form of a promise, he will do it so he's not going to use the government to do it he's not going to use some kind of outside of attack although churches are getting attacked but not for that so I can't do it so what I need to do I need to come up with a doctrine and that's exactly what he's done he's come up with a doctrine and people have bought it because it's politically correct it's user-friendly. It doesn't offend anybody. We can still do our little church bazaars and nice little things. People don't really care if we give out tracts or invite people to church. But, buddy, you walk on demon heads. You've served him a bad day, and he can't have that. Satan wants unrestricted access to the world that he's got power over right now. And the only thing, because see, he told Jesus, he said, all this has been given to me. So the only thing that can possibly stop him is the power of God working through the church of God. All right. Now, so this big, I, so I preached this message many times over the past couple of months but today God says just quit preaching it and show them what I'm talking about but you're only going to be able to show them see the gift God has given the promise is so big it, it is huge I mean it, it's bigger than this stage it the gift the promise is bigger than anybody in here what God wants to do in your life you go through the growth track you're on a great what God wants to do in your life in the form of a dream thing it's so big the gift that God wants to give you today is so big that all you can do is sit here and analyze everything I'm saying because you're going to judge God by how good you are and you can't do that church you'll never be good enough to be good as God's good so it, God doesn't measure what he wants to do in your life. He never told Abraham or anybody else, I'm measuring this promise by how good you're going to do next week now. God says it's a promise. And you know what? Everybody sitting in this church today ought to understand the problem right now in your life. The problem in your life is not that God won't give you the gift or the gift is not close. Do you realize the gift of God is sitting at the door of your life right now? 
Peter said, it's, it's for us, it's here. And I, I, you know, I had more passages I was going to share with you, but I'm, I'm going to follow him. And, and you, you don't have a, a promise problem. Look at me today. You don't have a promise problem. You don't have a God don't like me gift problem. Every one of you in here, everyone, it's to all, you see. It's to all. So you don't have a gift problem. You don't have a promise problem. See, the problem you have is that your life is kind of narrow. And I, I go to church, Opie, I'm paying tithes. I really did. I went through growth track, and I'm even on the dream team right now. Great. But to receive the gift, the promise, there's only one way you can have it. I'm going to tell you something today. There's only one way you can have it. You've got to make room for it. You see, because inside of your narrow life, that's why we're narrow-minded. Inside of your, there's, there's all kind of things that you've become comfortable with. There's things that, because, because other people do it or somebody explained to you it's not really wrong, uh, you've kind of got used to it, it's okay, and so you just kind of live with it. And not, not just bad things, hey. You got used to, God's give you some blessings in your life. And the blessings God has given you, you've kind of been satisfied with. I've been a Christian a long time. I, I used to do this for God. And, and so see, you've become narrow. And the problem is, God has this huge gift right outside of you right now. And the only thing God is wanting you to do is to understand, God's got a big gift for me. God wants to give me. He promised that to me. If I promised you that I was going to give you a $10 bill when you walk out of this church and I don't give you a $10 bill, I have told you a lie. I did not keep my promise. But if I had a $10 bill and I, I held them, a stack of them at the door, don't have them, by the way. Don't come out that door looking for me with $10. I ain't got $10. If I had $10 at that door, and I waited on you, but you decided to go out another exit, that ain't my fault, is it? God's got the gift, church. He promised it to you. He didn't promise it to a tree or to a cow or a donkey or a building. God promised it to his people. And all you have to do is say, God, I'm ready to receive this gift, this promise, and start making room. And so, see, some of the things, you just start moving things in your life. So you, you just start moving them and you get because I want God. I understand that if I draw near to God, so I start picking something else up and I get rid of it. People say, whoa, 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 why are you doing that? There's nothing wrong with that. No, I don't care. I'm drawing near to God. God's got this gift for me, and I cannot afford to take a chance. So you pick up some more stuff. You know, I ain't been doing good on this life group stuff. I got an excuse. I, I can't do it, Opie. I can't come. I can't, I can't commit to praise team right now. I can't, I, 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 I can't, can't dance. But you know what? Today, that's in the way of my gift. That's in the way of my gift. And so I pick it up, and I start moving. And I just move it, and all of a sudden I realize, you know, I'm drawing close to God. It's feeling really good. 
and what God is saying. And see, a lot of you, you got real close. You got real close to this gift. You got to the altar. You got real close to the gift. But then your stomach started growling or somebody said something beside you and you got distracted and you left. You got real close. You started to come to prayer when we prayed last Sunday night. And oh, you missed it when you got close and didn't come. You got real close. You almost came to growth track. You almost signed up, but you didn't do it. You almost, you almost decided to start paying your tithe. You got real close. See, we get close all of the time. You, you got real close. You were going to stand up and sing praise to God this week when you came in church, but you looked and other people were sitting down, so you just shut up and took your seat. See, you got really close, church. And God says, there was another young man that got real close. He was a rich young ruler. He had got rid of almost everything. And he felt real good about it. And see, that's where we are. We got a lot of people in the bride of Christ, in the church, in church buildings everywhere. They've gotten so close, they're comfortable with it. But they got that one little thing, that little 10% thing that they've given themselves permission to overlook. God is telling me through the power of the Holy Ghost. Nobody in this room have you never or no longer do you have permission to give yourself permission to not be in what God is doing. If you want the gift and gifts God has for you, you better start unloading something. And you can't lean to your own understanding. Because, see, your own understanding is like the rich young ruler. And what I'm talking about, even when you've cleared the whole house out, and you, God, I'm doing good. I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm a part of the church, I'm doing, I don't care if people talk negative, whatever, I'm doing it. God says, listen, but you got one thing. What is it, God? You, you still hadn't dealt with this one thing. I hope this shoulder stays together. But you, that is one thing that you, you, you got to do. You got to quit leaning to your own understanding. When you come in church, if nobody stands up and shouts and praises God during praise and worship, you got to do it. This, this thing is so big. You've done good, son. Folks, multitudes, you've done good. But there's one little problem. This thing that God wants to do in your life and in this church is so big, it won't even fit through your door. See, you've got to be willing to tear you apart. You've got to be willing to cast down vain imaginations. You've got to be willing to take the door off and get rid of it and understand that I'm not going to let me be in the way of what God wants to do in my life. And when you get the door out of the way, then you can receive the gift. And when you receive the gift, you will find this out. Not only did the door have to go, but this gift is overflowing. It won't even fit into the narrow confines of your life anymore. It's joy unspeakable, and it's full of glory. It flows. It's a river that flows from my belly. It comes out like Emmanuel's veins. God wants to give you this gift because he promised it to you. But you've got to do what you've got to do, church. I'm going to ask every person that can stand on your feet to stand on your feet.
We don't have a gift problem. We don't have a promise problem. You know what we got? We got a stuff problem. Quit telling God you don't have to do anything now. If you are living every day of your life, there needs to be something that, that registers in heaven that you have done for God. Well, are you one of them preachers that are you saying that I got I to gotta work my way to heaven? Nope, I'm going to repeat that for everybody. You cannot work your way to heaven. But if you are on your way to heaven, you're going to be working. You can't help not working. You love Jesus too much. You realize that now we are closer than when we first believed. You're going to work. It ain't got nothing to do with trying to earn something. You're working because you love Jesus that much. You are telling people about Jesus. You're inviting people to church. You're doing a good deed. And I'm going to tell you right now, God told me this yesterday, and I put it right here and forgot my two cards. You walk past these act of kindness every week. Maybe, maybe you, you're not in the shape to mortgage your house to give it to somebody to pay their bills off. That's what they did in Acts, by the way. But God will say this. He'll say, you mean... You could not even get one of them little business cards or a stack of five. When you walked out of one of them doors that I've literally put in your pocket, you had to walk past them and do something nice for somebody and give them a card. I'm telling you, you are in your way. If you get out of the way, the Lord's not sitting somewhere debating on whether or not, I don't know if I'm going to give them that gift, this promise. I only made it to a certain group. He's already spoken and said it's for everybody. Well, I don't understand. And see, a lot of you are so confused on this issue because when I talk about gifts, you know what that door is for you? You hung up on speaking in tongues, man. So see, that's how the devil's been able to work on the inside. You think what I'm talking about today is just about you making a fool out of yourself speaking in tongues. That'd be, that needs to be the last thing that comes across your mind. If you did speak in a tongue and God had filled you, you might not even know you spoke in a tongue. See, that's why the devil has worked so successful inside of churches and doctrines and because that's where he gets the work done. He can convince other people to convince people, no, no, not now, no. Hey, think of it. Why wouldn't he do that? I don't know if anybody in this place will even respond today. But I know one thing. If you're down to the door, you need to get the door. Just move it so God can do what he wants to do. Hey, listen. If you knew how big the gift was, if you just knew the size of what God wants to do in your life, you wouldn't even let me finish running my mouth today. See, you, you, and that's why we don't have prayers answered when we pray for ourselves. We don't have faith. You don't even believe what I'm telling you today. You don't believe that God could give you something that big and that good. You have to work past your own understanding. And right now, a lot of people are moving but a lot of people are leaning and if you lean to your own understanding you're not going to get the gift you'll get them little blessings every now and then but you're not going to get the gift I don't know what anybody in this place including my own wife 
needs to move out of the way. Get out of the way. I don't know what anybody needs to do but me. say, God, it's been in my way. It's an excuse, but I'm getting it out today. I'm getting it out today. God wants to do such a mighty work inside of this place. It ain't even funny. He wants to do, and I, I'm not even talking about all ministry in the, in the building. God wants to blow it up at your work for you. But, but, man, the door's in the way. You, you, you still got one or two things. And you, you're spending all of your life that's left telling yourself and God and other people what you've done for God. It's no good. It's what you had not moved out of the way. You know, we're told all about a form of godliness and denying the works thereof. That's exactly what all this is. I'm seeing God, man, these people in this place. Oh, my goodness. To do things that they never imagined God doing. God wants to, he wants to exalt you at work. He wants to give you favor. He wants to give you, but he does it by means of giftedness. He knew what, he knew what we would need. That's why Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because I know what you're about to get. And this is why a lot of you think, well, I, I can pray at home. We're having prayer again tonight. I can pray at home. That's just like those 120 people. Can't, can't, Jesus said, go ye, tarry in Jerusalem until you're in due with fire. Can't we just tarry at our house? No, 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 you can't. You can't. And when it all happens, when it, when it falls, can't we all just come together then? No, we can't, no. Because there had to be a common place where they didn't own anything. There was nothing there, no distractions. They had to be completely empty. And if you'll empty yourself at this altar right now and say, Lord, yeah, this is me, this is what I got to do. Then I'm telling you, God will give you the gift. Now, I've shown you today in word pictures. God, we cry out to you. And we give you, Lord, we give you, Lord, everything that's in the way. And church, you need to do this. Now's not the time to hold back. You need to say, God, I'm giving you this. I'm laying it down. I'm tired of making excuses. I'm tired of making me feel good. I want to feel miserable until I feel full of your spirit. Pray bold prayers today. Say, God, forget about it. Don't, don't come tell me you want a bunch of money or you need, to, you need to pray a bold prayer. Say, God, I want to be so miserable. Empty me of what I've said, what I've thought, what I've done. God, help me to get rid of everything until the only thing that's inside of me is you overflowing, God. Father God,
I give you my life right now at this altar. I do, Lord, I give you my life. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I don't care if it's an evil thought, if it's a root of bitterness, if it's a habit or an addiction that I've justified, or if it's just not participating and being visionary with where you're taking the church. God, help me. God, I just, I empty it, Lord. I'm tired of getting close. And then, God, you, you just, you watch me get close and then that's it. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people, and then it names a couple of things. You know, you got to turn, you got to repent, you got to pray, you got to seek his face, you got to humble yourselves, you got to do all these things. This is, it shows you the nature and character of God again. And then what did God say he would do? Did he say he would just heal your neighborhood church? He said he would heal the land. He's a big God. He wants to do big things. He wants to do a big thing in our lives and in this church. But we got to say, God, I'm coming clean. I am unloading this thing. I am my life. I am unloading it, God. I'm repenting of my ways, my thought life. And I'm not going to start naming things. I can't name everything. But listen, if you're on the fence, with entertainment, what you listen to and you justify, you know, I listen to this kind of music or I like these kind of shows, you know, it's just the culture and society. You can't show me a culture and society in the, in the Holy Bible. You, you got to choose sides, church. You really do. You got to choose what you're going to do because you're going to stand before God going to stand before God and I love you so much but I love him more to make sure I tell you this God I want to do it I repent of my ways I turn from my ways my justification I'm not making excuses I'm not going to be the same person I was that I came in this morning my mind is made up I'm going to receive what you have if you're not a believer today God has called you to this place right now so that he can heal you of sin. See, sin cuts us to pieces. Sin blinds us. Sin causes us hurt and causes us to hurt others. And you need to be healed of that. And, and this whole service today is about you knowing God. Not the God everybody presenting that hates people that get abortions and the God that causes big tragedies and all this, all this foolish lying mess. God wants you to know him today. Not what a church, God wants you to know him personally. You and him, not all this other junk. The Lord says, I, I can heal you. I can heal you. And I've been saying it for weeks, but I know him personally. I know him by first name. And I will... Tell him who you are, and you can tell him who you are. He wants to forgive you, and all you have to do is let him. Father God, forgive me of my sins wherever you are. You might be watching. I empty me. My thoughts, my ways, my habits, my excuses, 
Lord, all this stuff is stopping the gift at the door. God, I got to get in an upper room. I got to have an upper room attitude. So help me, Lord, to realize that's what I got to have. That's what it's going to take. I can't spend all of my life analyzing you and asking questions. God, I just got to empty me and say, Lord, I'm waking up on Monday the 18th. What do you want to do today? Hallelujah. God, I pray that we don't forget what you've told us today. Lord, I, I know you've spoken to people. No doubt in my mind. I pray, Lord, that your peace that passes understanding would go with every person here. I pray you would seal this today in Jesus' name. Now, listen, I'm not even going to pray the benediction. I want you to look at me. I know God has to be telling me to do this because I'm wanting to go so hard left. It ain't funny right now. But I got I to gotta listen to God. God wants to fill people and give them this gift tonight at this prayer service. Just saying that to get people here? No. You can't, you can't make grown people do what they want to do. You, you can't. Just, just forget all that. Listen. God wants to do it. I've been pacing and praying, but he's been telling me something. God wants to do this. God wants to hook you up so much that people have to really ask other people, is this still the same person? I don't care if you're a Christian. God wants to do a Jeremiah work in your life. He wants it to be like fire shut up in your bones. He, he will, like Peter, they said, you know, after the denier, the liar, Peter, he would walk. You can't see it, I can. But they said, the gift even looks like this. You know, I talked about speaking in tongues. We'll, we'll try this on for size for all, all of you that may not, and I, I'm not trying to be smart out, but distracted by that. The Bible says this gift was so strong and powerful, this promise. No speaking in tongues, no, no, but he would walk down the road, down the sidewalk, and the people along the road, and all of you that's read your Bible, you know I'm telling you the truth. He would walk down the road, and, and some of them would try to put sick people just where his shadow was what, so that they could be healed just by his shadow. I felt the Holy Ghost when I told you that. See, it's bigger than you can imagine. You mean his shadow? I mean the man's shadow. Go home and read it. No touching, no stardom, nothing. Just walking down the road. How would you like to be, and I'm about to get happy and retract everything I told you if I ain't careful. But how would you like to walk down the hall at Walmart? They ain't even hall. They aisles and rows anyway, or at school. You'd like to walk through there, and all of a sudden somebody Oh, my word, my arm was about to kill me. I had a cast on my arm and something popped. Or somebody with a splitting headache and you walk by. Or somebody else with cancer. Or somebody else that's about to go take their own life. And you walk by. And just by you walking by. And then not, not you, but the gift inside of you. How would you like for God to work those kinds of things? This is what God is wanting to do. 
I'm tired of watching all the glorification of how the next sick thing on the news is. I can't, I can't stand it no more. The world don't have what we have. The world don't have the promise that we have. The world can't have this gift, church. And we've, we've spent so much time in, it's like leprosy. We talked ourselves out of it. We can do everything in church, even tell somebody how to get saved without needing the promise and the gift. But listen, we are, we are leaving some huge things on the table. And you don't have to. All you got to do, tear your door down, man. Go home. Jump in Acts. Just go to about 2 to 5 today. Acts 2 to 5. We, you can stop right there. And then you come back in here about, I want you to come at 5 to 6. Don't come at 6. Why? I want to be in the zone at 6 o'clock. I, you know, I hate it when a plane takes off late. Don't y'all hate sitting on the runway? I hate sitting on the runway. You know what happens when you sit on the runway? You eat controversial food before you jump on the airplane. And you get nervous, and all this kind of stuff happens. I, 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 I like to take off. Tonight, God wants to move this afternoon. He just wants to help people out. And he wants to just gift you something. And how many of you, you'll hear these stories. I'm through right now. I promise you, I'm through. How many of you hear these stories of these people, unknown people at Christmas time, like the private Santa Clauses that have like a million dollars and they go around and privately paying stuff off of people and all that? And, you know, I've been around more than one person. Man, if, if, if God would bless me, if I had that, I would do that. And you know what? You need to stop in your tracks right now. You got access to something bigger than a million dollars to pass out to poor people at Christmas. And you walk by it every day of your life.